Tonight I want to start out, if we can, talking about the 12 great mysteries of God. Well, tonight, Lord willing, we want to uh, deal with the first six of them. And uh, we're going to try to walk slow. This tonight will be a Bible study and not a preaching service. Uh, so we'll put in a little bit of a slower gear if we can and kind of walk through this uh, as we go. Let's start out talking first of all in the classical Greek, a mysterium translated in the King James Version of the Bible is mystery, uh, was primarily that which was known only by the initiated. Now I'm sure that you know that there are many organizations in the world and around America that are called secret organizations or secret orders, if you will, uh, that they themselves make known secrets and mysteries only to those that are accepted in the group or only those that have been initiated uh, within that particular group. Uh, the Greek used the word in that manner for hundreds of years. But in the English language, um, we have come now to m make the word mystery mean an enigma, a puzzle, a story, or some type of a novel. But in the New Testament, a mystery is that which being outside the range of natural apprehension can be made known only by divine revelation and is made known in the manner and the time appointed by God. So a mystery in the New Testament is not a puzzle or not a novel or not something of an enigma. But scripturally speaking, it is simply a mystery. Uh, is something that God knows and God chooses to reveal it to whomever he wants to reveal it to in his appointed time. That's the context of mystery uh, in the word. Now with that being said, we want to talk about 12 mysteries of God. A mystery in Scripture is a secret kept in the heart of God until it has been revealed unto man. It's something that human reason cannot discover. It must come from God Himself. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, 7 and 10, But we speak the wisdom of God in what? A mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world into our glory. But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all the things, yea, the deep things of God. Now, with that being said, there are 12 great mysteries in the Bible. Many more. Many more mysteries. I want you to know that. But there are 12 great mysteries of God. He says so. Uh, he calls them mysteries. And we're going to talk about them. Uh, Jesus reveals one of those mysteries to us. The Apostle Paul reveals nine of those mysteries to us. And then John reveals two of those mysteries to us. So tonight, let's start off, first of all, uh, talking about the mystery of the kingdom of heaven. The mystery of the kingdom of heaven. This mystery is given to us and stated uh, by Jesus Christ himself. Remember that Jesus spoke in parables, and when he spoke of the kingdom of heaven in Matthew 13, uh, there are seven such parables in one chapter. And the disciples said, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? Why does Jesus speak to us in parables? You ever thought about that? First of all, I believe that Jesus speaks in parables because he wanted to hide the truth from those that would misuse the truth or misappropriate the truth. Uh, Jesus also spoke in parables uh, for us to understand some mystery in the kingdom of God or in the kingdom of heaven. I'll tell you what, if you are a lazy thinker, you will not like parables. I had a hard time with parables when I first got saved because I felt I was a lazy thinker. And a lazy sneaker sometimes as well, but a lazy thinker along the way. 
So if you're, not, if you're a lazy thinker, you'll gloss over the parable. But the Lord spoke in parables many times to hide a truth from those that would misuse it or for those that would misappropriate it along the way. Understand that the Bible lets us know I'm going too far here already. Let me back up. Uh, it, it says in Matthew chapter 13 uh, in verse 11, Jesus answered and said to them, because it's given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. In other words, I want you, my people, to understand what I'm doing. It's in my heart. I want to put it in yours. But those that will misuse my truth, those that will misappropriate my truth, I don't want them to know it. So I'm going to speak to you in a mystery. I'm going to speak to you in a parable. And it's up to you to read the parable and then apply it to the life uh, as you read it. And look at Matthew 13, 16, and 17. Now, Brother uh, Hubert is my translator tonight because I, I did not write the scriptures down. I put them on the screen and then didn't know when I did that that Hope and Dakota is on vacation this week. So, Brother Hubert, God bless you. If he messes up, which he won't, uh, we're going to give him a good hand tonight. Amen. The Bible said, But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say to you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear and do have not heard them, uh, Matthew 13, 16 and 17. Now the Old Testament prophets, they saw in one vision the birth of Jesus Christ, and on the heels of that they saw Jesus ruling and reigning. They did not see the church age. Are you with me? It's almost like, Charlie, patronize me, brother, brother Charlie. Can you see both my hands? Say you can. <laughs> can you see both of my hands or just one? Okay. What about now? Now say one. Just say one. Lie to me. Say I see one. Okay. That's what the prophets saw. They didn't see the space in between. You follow me? You get, you get the analogy? This is what they saw, but in reality, that's what it was. They didn't see the church age. So again, it was almost a mystery in many respects as well. He showed them Jesus as a baby born and then a baby ruling, uh, as a man ruling a reign. They did not see the church age one iota. The Old Testament prophets saw in one vision the rejection of the crucifixion as king, and then they saw him as the glory of the Son of God, the Messiah, their king. You read about that in Jeremiah. Now let's look at the mystery explained. We talked about what the mystery was. Let's talk about the kingdom was announced at hand by John the Baptist. Notice what it said. The kingdom was announced and he said, In those days came John the Baptist preaching the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is what? At hand. So the mystery is being revealed as God it was in his heart. He wants that mystery revealed to the people at his appointed time. The kingdom was announced by the hand of Jesus, Matthew 4, 17. From the time Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then it was announced, the kingdom was announced at hand by the 70 in Luke 10, 9. Uh, 10, 9. Uh, he said there, or 10, 7, I'm sorry. As you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So little by little, what's in the heart of God, what's been hid from man for thousands of years, God is now making that known through his, himself, making that known through the disciples, and making that known now through uh, the 70 disciples as well. So the kingdom was announced, and Jesus came. As a king in his kingdom, he was rejected. 
Think about that. As a king in his kingdom, he was rejected, which fulfilled the words of the prophets, which came and said, the Lamb of God, which will take away the sin of the world. But they rejected that. They stumbled over the teaching of Jesus. They stumbled over the person of Jesus. They stumbled over uh, the power of Jesus Christ as well. And they stumbled over the suffering servant. He entered Jerusalem as the king of Israel. The king comes, your king comes. But they rejected him. That's a sad, sad indictment. So again, the mystery Jesus talked about in Matthew 10, 7 is this. There were two comings of Jesus. This is the mystery. The first time he comes as a baby born in Bethlehem to be the savior of the world. The second time he comes again, he doesn't come back to be the savior. He comes back to be the judge upon the ungodly world that has rejected. Let me say it again. The Bible does not teach three comings of Jesus. The Bible teaches two comings of Jesus. He came the first time as a babe uh, in Bethlehem's manger. And then he'll come back the second time in two phases. The first phase, he comes in the clouds of glory at the rapture of the church, the dead in Christ, and we the alive and remain would be caught up. He does not come to the earth at that time. The second coming is when he literally seven years later comes back to the earth and stands his feet upon uh, the Mount of Olives and it splits in two. That is the second phase of the second coming. So again, the mystery revealed is the fact that Jesus said uh, he came the first time as a lamb to take away the sin of the world and he'll come as king and lord of the universe. And the mystery is the interval uh, between Christ the first coming and the second coming. That's the mystery between the first and the second coming of the Lord. The king was rejected and died. And his kingdom, if you will, his kingdom during the interval is described as a mystery in parables. We'll talk about them in one of the services. He talks about the kingdom in parables. And we'll talk about that about three or four weeks from now if we may. So the prophets could not see this internal period called the church age. They did not see that in the Old Testament. Jesus and Matthew went to the mount, went up to uh, Caesarea Philippi. Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Oh, John the Baptist, Elias, one of the prophets. But who do you say, Peter? Oh, you're Christ, the Son of the living God. Well, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say, you're a, 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 a Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church. I'll build my church. I'll build my church. And the HL won't prevail against it. Now, the disciples are scratching their head. And Satan listening going, what's a church? And they're thumbing through the Old Testament. I don't see anything about a church. It wasn't prophesied. They saw this. But God saw this. And revealed it. Himself. The kingdom of God's at hand. His disciples, the kingdom of God is at hand. To the 70, the kingdom of God is at hand. And that's the mystery of the church that he's talking about here. The prophets could not see the interval called the church age. It was never revealed to them. It was revealed from the heart of God as a mystery. Secondly, the mystery of Israel's partial blindness. This is a second great mystery of God. This one is stated by the Apostle Paul. Paul identified himself as an Israelite in Romans chapter 11 verse 1 and was part of the remnant of the people that believed in Jesus as the Messiah in Romans 11 5. Okay? God did not cast away his people Israel. God made a covenant with the nation. 
They broke the covenant. God rejected them. God cast them off. But God has not forgotten his covenant with the nation of Israel. As of today, God does everything he does through the auspices of the church, which is made up of born-again Jew and born-again Gentile. God is not dealing with the Jew today except through the church of those that may get saved. The purpose of the seven-year tribulation period is primarily for the Jewish people where they understand that God's kingdom must come in through judgment because God cut them off, okay, because of sin and rebellion. And the great tribulation, when the church is gone, God now will begin to deal with the Jew again simply because that is seven years, which is the 70th year of Daniel's vision. 70th year of Daniel's vision. We're waiting on that 70th year, that period of seven years to be fulfilled. That'll happen during the Great Tribulation period. So in the meantime, there's partial blindness to the nation of Israel. Some of the Israelites accepted or received the Messiah like Paul, and the rest were blinded. Uh, Romans 11:7. What then, Israel, hath not obtained that which seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. 11:25. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, or it is the mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness was, in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. Are you with me? Here's the mystery explained. Blindness, in part, happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. Romans 11:25. Okay? During this age, blindness in part has happened to Israel, but Israel never ceases to be a people. They were, they, because of their unbelief, the Bible said they were cut off. And God grafted in the church to do what Israel has failed to do. It was God's will for the nation of Israel to stay in covenant with God. It was God's will, the nation of Israel, uh, take the scriptures and preserve the scriptures and translate the scripture. It was God's will they become the evangelists and the preachers and the pastors of the, the world, if you will. But because of their unbelief, God cut them off. And now the church is doing the work that the Jew is supposed to have done. Are you following me? So when the rapture takes place again, just to clarify, when the rapture takes place, when the church is no more, and when will that take place? According to what the Paul said, when the fullness of the Gentiles is completed. From that I gather that there is a group, when, when, when God said this is the last one coming in, this is the last Gentile that fills it up, the fullness of time has come. And the church is out of here, and then the Jewish people, sadly, will in their blindness accept the Antichrist when he comes. And then during the first three and a half years of the Great Tribulation, the second half begins, they will see they've messed up because there will be the abomination of desolation that takes place in the rebuilt temple. And they will realize, man, this is not God, this is Antichrist. They have completed, he completed, uh, did blasphemy. And then the Bible lets me know that during that time when they get turned on to the Lord, you talking about evangelization in this world, the Jews will be in the will of God, those accept. That's why the Lord has preserved 144,000 Jews. 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. They will be God's evangelists going around this world with the truth of the gospel. 
I mean, there'll be Paul of Tar Saul of Tarsus on steroids doing the work of God. So once again, until that time comes, the mystery explained, blindness in part happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. During this age, blindness in part happened to Israel, but Israel has never ceased to be a people. Israel's blindness in part will continue as long as the church is in this world. Why? God is dealing with the church. He's not at this moment dealing with Israel. He's dealing with the church. Through the blindness of Israel, salvation has come to we Gentiles. The wild olive tree, the Gentiles, was grafted into the good olive tree, which was the Jews. Olive tree was Israel, and Abraham was indeed the root. Now the mystery is this. God has not cast away Israel. Israel is partially blind until the fullness of the Gentiles be in. God has given the Gentiles time. And the time began in Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 48, in the household of Cornelius. It was confirmed by the Jewish council in Acts chapter 15. And it concludes when the body of Christ is completed and the church is raptured. That, my friend, is indeed the mystery. That's as much a part of the mystery of the partial blindness of the Jew. At the time, the blindness of Israel will be over and she'll receive the deliverer Jesus Christ as the Messiah. And the ultimate salvation of Israel will cause the prophetic word of the Old Testament to be fulfilled. God does not break covenant with his people. His people broke covenant with him. But there's come the time when the Jew will be back in the rightful place doing what God has asked them to do. They did not see the fullness of the times of the Gentiles, the church age either. Okay? The mystery of the translation of the saints and the living dead, living and dead. Again, this mystery was stated by the Apostle Paul. In, Roman, in 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Behold, I show you a what? A mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. And we shall be changed. Now that's a sign that just don't go in the nursery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. That just don't go in the nursery. Behold, I show you a mystery. Again, what do we say a mystery was? A secret in the heart of God that is revealed to people when God says it's time for that to be revealed. Deuteronomy 29, 29. I love this scripture. And it says there, the secret things. You know, God's got some secrets. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong to us, to our children forever. That we may do all the words of this law. Deuteronomy 29, 29. Paul explains this mystery in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13. The translation of the living saints... And the resurrected dead in Christ was something that human reasoning cannot comprehend. In the midst of all of the, all of the, the, the sci-fi movies that we have, in the midst of Star Trek and Beam Me Up, Scotty, in the midst of all of these movies that we have, it's still hard for you and me to wrap our human brain around the fact that one day the trump of God is going to sound and out of those graves are going to come resurrected bodies. It's going to be hard for you and me even now. I don't know how you are, but it's hard for my human brain to wrap around the fact that one day the rapture takes place. 
This old body is going to lose the hold of gravity and in the moment a twinkle of eye be gone. Now a twinkle, how fast is a twinkle? Honey, that's, that, that's picking them up and putting them down. A twinkle is not batting the eye. I'm told that a twinkle is me focusing in on my hand and then focusing on that clock on the back wall. That's a twinkle. That's fast. And I mean just like that, like a shot, we're out of here. It's hard for human reasoning and understanding to wrestle with that and to grasp that and to comprehend that. So once again, the scripture lets us know according to the word of God, it's been revealed to us. The mystery is revealed from the heart of God to Paul. We know these mysteries by the revelation of the word of God. Now, many people will laugh and say, you believe that stuff? You really believe it's going to come at time? You go, yeah, I do. Why do I believe that? Because everything else that God ever said came to pass. When he talked about the, the, the Lord coming and being born, of all the prophecies concerning where he would be born, when he would be born, how he would be born, the circumstances surrounding his birth, when all of those came to pass, fulfilled one iota, the chances of that happening were slim to none. My wife bought me this ring. Well, I had one wore out, and she bought me this one. If I were to take this little ring and get in an airplane somewhere on the eastern seaboard from Key West, Florida, all the way up to somewhere in Maine, up and down that coastline, you don't know where I'm at. You don't know what state I'm in. But I get in an airplane and I fly out somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean from one of these states, and I drop that ring in the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean, and Charlie finds it the first time, where do you think the odds of that happen would be? I don't think he could do it. I think, he, I bet you if he had a metal detector, he couldn't find it. But do you know I've been told that the odds of one man fulfilling all of the prophecies relating to the first coming of Jesus Christ is equivalent to somebody finding that ring on the first try. That's more than coincidental. That's God. And if the God who fulfilled his word with the first coming did it so brilliantly and so matter to the fact and to the point, that same God is not going to mess up when he comes back the second time. Amen. And if he said the dead in Christ are going to rise, mark her down, Bubba, we're going to rise. Ain't no grave going to hold that body down. And you and I will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the clouds of glory. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. The church is called out to meet Jesus. We who are alive and follow those who are dead in Christ, so we will ever be with the Lord. This is what we evangelists call, evangelicals call the rapture of the church. Now there's a lot of people say, I don't believe in that flyaway doctrine. That's just a bunch of hillbilly stuff. Oh, the church is going to go through the tribulation to make it pure because it ain't pure. Let me tell you something. If the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cannot make the church pure, there is no amount of tribulation in this world that will ever make it pure. Amen. It's not the blood plus something else. God has not appointed us unto wrath, but to obtain salvation through the precious blood of Jesus Christ the Lord. Glory to God. So I'm grateful to say that one day, one day. the trumpet of God shall sound. And the dead in Christ will rise, praise God. And we that are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the clouds of glory. Years ago, I wrote several dramas, and we wrote one. I wrote it called The Rapture. And uh, not because I wrote it, but it did pretty good stuff. 
we, we, I'm not being egotistical, I'm just saying I was proud of that particular, that, one, that particular drama. We went out and we, we, we remodeled the whole front of the church and I went out and got two coffins from the, from the uh, funeral home and we built the platform up about six feet and had indoor outdoor carpet on top of it and the congregation could see 3D, they could see underground and saw the two coffins and we had a backdrop here, had the sky up here and had a grave, a grave uh, a yard. And this little girl was walking around with her Archie Bunker type dad witnessing to the Lord, witnessing to him about the Lord, I'm just giving you a synopsis of it. And here lies Brian Fox who gave his cause to the Lord on the mission field. And old Archie Bunker type go, oh Henry don't make it to heaven, ain't nobody gonna make it. Well dad, good work's not gonna get you there. They talked about that walking around viewing the tombstones. And then, Dan, what you go to church with me? I'm going to stay home and watch the football game. Blah, blah, blah. The Lord's coming soon, Dan. I've heard it all my life. And about that time, split-second precision. Not a twinkle, mind you, but split-second precision. The lights in the church go out all at one time. The thunder of earthquake goes through the loudspeakers. A bright light comes on in the sky. And all of a sudden, with one turn, that coffin lid opened up and a corpse came out in white as a dummy. And that little girl on the stage was gone, just like that, up in the clouds. I wasn't ready for what happened. I thought we'd have to call the EMTs because the, the oxygen sucked out of that place. They thought they missed the rapture. I mean, people were screaming in that congregation. I mean, it was a heart stopper. And I thought, dear God, they're all going to sue us because we scared them literally to death. A little caveat to that. The next Sunday morning, there was, there were some guests there watching them one night. And the next Sunday morning, the mama told one kid, said, we're going to church. She said, I won't go to our church. I won't go to that church. Then people raptured. <laughs> well, I thank God we believe in the rapture. Amen. And that's the mystery that he talks about here. The church is called to meet Christ. Philippians 3.21, who shall change our vow body that it may be fashioned like unto the glorious body according to the working whereby he's even, he's able even to subdue all things unto himself. Praise God. Any questions thus far? We went through three of them. Alrighty. The mystery then, stated by Paul, the mystery of divine will of God. Now this is a mystery. The divine will of God. This is a mystery. Do you know that? Again, the mystery is written to us, given to us by the Apostle Paul. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, look what he says. Having made known unto us the what? Mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. The mystery explained. The mystery is the restoration of all things in Jesus Christ to undo everything that sin has done and restore all things back to Christ as they were before the fall of man. Now you talking about some doing, that's going to take some doing. It would be hard for man to do, but it's not hard for God to do. Once again, a mystery is something that's hidden in the heart of God that is revealed to man when God says it's ready to be revealed. Ostensibly it was ready because Paul had the revelation. When does this happen? 
in the dispensation of the fullness of time. This is the time of the kingdom of heaven when Jesus shall reign as king in his kingdom for 1,000 years, what we call the millennial reign of Christ. After the rapture takes place, there will be seven years of great tribulation. At the close of the great tribulation, Satan will be bound in the bottomless pit and his demons for a thousand years. There will be no democracy. There will be no anarchy. There'll be no communism. There'll be no Marxism. There'll be no socialism. There'll be no kings on the throne. It will be a kingdom of heaven and it will be a rule of theocracy. For the Bible says that Jesus will sit in the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem and there he will rule as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. As Christians, we will have come back to this earth in our glorified bodies. There will be natural people upon the earth during the time as we are natural now. But we will serve as kings and priests with the Lord Jesus Christ of glory. The purpose of the millennial reign of Christ is to rid the world of sin and rebellion. Did you get that? It's to rid the world of sin and rebellion. According to Zechariah chapter 14, Jesus will rule with a rod of iron. He's the judge. He's walked the straight line. You read in Zechariah 14, if people refuse to go worship the Lord, their eyeballs will consume out of their eye sockets. Read it. It's, I don't make this stuff up. And the point is, he rules with a rod of iron to rid the world of its sin and of its rebellion during that time. The Old Testament abounds in references to this period of time in 2 Samuel, Isaiah, and Zechariah. The angel Gabriel told Mary of the kingdom of Christ in Luke chapter 1 and verse 30 and 33. And the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son that shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. The mystery is one day there will be a restoration of this world to bring it back to what it was before sin ever marred it. Praise God. The mystery of the church. And yes, the church is indeed a mystery. Again, this mystery is stated by the Apostle Paul. As we said, the church cannot be found in the Old Testament. Now we know uh, that a Hebrew word could be translated as the church in the wilderness, referring uh, to the, the Jews that were wandering through the wilderness, but not the same context as a called out group, an ecclesia, a called out group of people for a specific purpose. In Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 3 we read, How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words. It, Brother Hubert doing a good job back there. Amen. Look at Ephesians 3, 5, 6, and 9. Don't mess up, brother. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as is now revealed unto the holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit that the Gentiles should be uh, fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church 
the manifold wisdom of God. Isn't that something? The mystery explained. The wall of partition separating the Jews and the Gentiles was broken down. And now Jesus Christ, through his death, his burial, and his resurrection, has made one body of born-again Jew and born-again Gentile, the church. Amen. That is the mystery. The middle wall that separated the rich from the poor, the black from the white, the red from the yellow, the educated from the uneducated, the male from the female, the Jew from the Gentile, it's been broken down. Thank God the ground is level at the cross. Yes. I said the ground is level at the cross. Whether we walk to it or crawl to it, Thank God his grace and mercy is open for whosoever will to call upon the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise God. Again, the revelation of this mystery of the church was foretold by Jesus Christ, but not explained. Let me say it again. This mystery was foretold by Jesus, but it was not explained. And I, read that, I quoted that to you a moment ago in Matthew 16. Upon this rock I will build my church. The gates of hell won't prevail. What is it going to look like? He didn't tell him. He revealed it, but didn't explain what it was. It was Paul who came along and was able to say, hey, the mystery of the church, God gave it to me for revelation. Again, a mystery is something hidden in the heart of God that he reveals at the appointed time to whomever he wants it to be known. The church is the body of Christ with many members in the body. In Corinthians, uh, Corinthians 12, 12, we read it, For the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we bond or free and have been all made to drink into that one spirit. Praise God. The church is not Israel. Hear me. The church is not Israel. A lot of people think that it is, but it's not. God deals with the church one way and God has dealt with Israel another way. And right now, the only way, I said again, the only way that God is dealing with Israel is through the ministry of the church. Are you with me? The church is one organic unity. When one suffers, we all suffer. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. And Jesus is the head of the church. A lot of people think the preacher is head of the church. No, it's not. Board member is not head of the church. Jesus is. Anything that has more than one head is a monster and belongs in a freak show. Think about it. Jesus is the head of the church. He's the brains behind this thing. Praise God for that. And the church is a holy temple for the habitation of God through the Spirit, Ephesians chapter 2. i got to do this one. I can't. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together grow unto the holy temple of the Lord, in whom you also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Praise the Lord for that. Questions or comments? I know it's a lot of information. Are you getting something out of it, I hope? Okay. Yes, ma'am. Yes. 
them getting saved to become born again. Right. He made a covenant with them. They walked away from the covenant. He didn't. So he's, he, the prophets concerning the nation of Israel will be true and will be fulfilled. His hand, I do believe, is on them, but their hand's not on him. The last time I read, it may be changed, the last time I checked, Danina, 26% of Jews in this world were atheists. 26% of Jewish people were atheists. The last statistic that I read, and that's sad. And uh, many have... Huh? Yeah, yeah. Appreciate your question, buddy. I'm sorry, Bruce, I can't hear you. Forgive me. Well, I don't, they're not saved. Uh, I believe God has his hand on them. That's why he has 144,000 somewhere that uh, 12,000 each 12 tribes of Israel that he will use one day. Um, they've been blinded partially, and Paul said it himself. He said that many of them have been blinded, but he saw that he, his light came on with him. I'll tell you what I'm hoping, I really, I'm hoping this last day that God will save more Jew and Gentile that were like Saul of Tarsus in that they were doing so much diabolical work against the kingdom of God. And I think in particular, what if you saw news commentators today? What if you saw entertainers today, many of whom are Jewish, by the way, that would get turned on to Jesus? What about a Bill Meyer? He's Jewish. What about if a Bill Meyer, who, who would get turned on to Jesus, get saved? What he would do for the kingdom of God? And if you th think about some of these other Gentiles that are so far out there. So as I see it, Brother Bruce, they're, they're lost they can't say, Abraham's our father. They cried out years and years, Abraham's our father. No harm can come to us. You want to bet? They've been, they've been in all kinds of trouble. So what I'm trying to say is I believe from the Scripture that, that God is not dealing with the Jew today as he did in the Old Testament, as he did covenant keeping, because they broke it. So he cut them off, according to Romans 11. He grafted in the Gentile church, made up a born-again Jew and Gentile. And now the Jew, Gentiles, we got Jews in here born again, do we not? We got a born-again Jew right here, Okay. And that he, 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 he came out of partial blindness and saw the light. At least I hope you have. If not, we'll give an altar call in a minute. But, 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 but what I'm saying, God is dealing with the Gentile church to reach the world, be it Jew or Gentile. Be it Jew or Gentile. And that's the way I see it from the Scripture. Anybody else real quick? Thank you so much for that. Let's hurry. The mystery of the church is the bride of Christ. Again, this is stated by Paul. Look at Ephesians 5.20. Oh, my word. For the husband of the head of the wife, even as Christ the head of the church, and he's the Savior of the body, therefore as the church is subject to Christ, so that the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wife, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot, wrinkle, or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever uh, yet hated his own flesh, but nourish and cherish it, even as the Lord the, church, uh, Lord the church. For we are members of the body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they shall too be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself and the wife see that she reverences her husband." I, can't, I couldn't see that back there. Now, the mystery revealed, or the mystery explained. With that being said, this mystery was stated by the Apostle Paul. 
32 explains it, or Ephesians 5.30 rather explains it. He says here, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. He then takes the scripture from Genesis 2.24 and now quotes it in Ephesians 5.31. What is Paul saying? He's saying that the Lord caused a deep sleep to come upon Adam. And while Adam was asleep, he took from Adam's side the rib and made a woman. We've gone from Adam's rib to women's rib. What about that? But he took, he, he took that out. He said, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. So Paul was saying, this is a great mystery. I'm now speaking of Christ and his church, the great mystery. And what is it? As Eve was taken from the side of Adam, so the church is taken from the, the sword pierced side of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise God. The church is born out of blood, born out of suffering, born out of the residuals of the cross. Christ, the head of the church, and the church is subject to him. Again, Ephesians 5, 23 and 24, as we talked about it a moment ago. Jesus loved the church and gave himself for it. That is the past labor of love. He loved the church and gave himself for it. He already gave, that's past, with me? And then notice, if you will, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the blood. This is the present work of his love, that he cleanses us and washes us in his blood and with his love. That's his present work. That he might present to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or such thing, but it should be holy without blemish. This is the future reward for the sacrifice. Isn't that beautiful? We see the past work, the present work, and the future work that the Lord's going to do for his bride. Just as Adam had a bride named Eve, Jesus has a bride named the church. And you know what? If you look at the scripture there a moment ago, it used to bug me to no end. I find no place in God's word where the wife is commanded to love the husband. But I find where the husband's commanded to love the wife. Don't that just kind of tick you off, guys? <laughs> and here's the reason. If husbands love the wife, the wife can't help but love in return. That's the way God made them. We have been commanded to love the Lord, but nowhere is the Lord commanded to love us. But if we love our wives the way that Jesus loves the church, we can't help but love him back. But what is it there that tries to mess up homes and families? What comes in? Money problem, communication problem, sexual problems, this problem, that problem. And next thing you know, the devil throws a wedge in and we're done. And the enemy does the same thing with the bride of Christ. He tries to rob everything he can to keep us from loving Jesus. He don't care if we work for the Lord. He doesn't care if we give. He don't want us to love him. Because if we love Jesus... It's going to keep us clean in a dirty world. If we love Jesus, it's going to keep us in tune to hear the trump of God's sound. If we love Jesus, we're going to do those things and say those things and be in those places where we will not embarrass him. Love the Lord with all that we have. The first Adam had his bride. The second Adam has his, his bride. So the sixth mystery, sixth mystery is the mystery of the church as the bride of Christ. The reasoning of man could never dream of such a thing. It was hidden truth in the heart and the mind of God.
revealed to the holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Well, tonight we try to look at six of the 12 mysteries of the Lord. Next week, I want to talk about, Lord willing, the mystery of the indwelling in living Christ. I want to talk about the mystery of the deity of Christ, the mystery of godliness, the mystery of iniquity, the mystery of the seven stars and the seven candlesticks in Revelation, and the mystery of great Babylon in the middle of Revelation. Does that make sense? And then, Lord willing, we want to, the next week or week after, we want to talk about the 12 mysteries of the parables. The parable, the mysteries of the parables uh, that the Lord has given unto us. Again, a mystery in Scripture is not an American mystery. We think of a mystery as something to solve, a story, a puzzle, some enigma. But in the Bible, a mystery is a previous hidden truth revealed from the heart of God. It's something that human reasoning cannot comprehend, human reasoning cannot conceive, human reasoning cannot contrive. Uh, again, therefore, when you read the word mystery in the Bible, it's a signal to stop and to investigate what God's revealing in the passage.